We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Ramsock Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partners in crime on this Tuesday evening. Michael Stewart, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, and Steve Goldstein. Wow, is almost time, guys. Almost time. Usually we're talking preseason games, and thanks to COVID, we're not talking any of those things, but camp is underway. Stopping first with Mike. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, man, we're doing good, man. We're just trying to beat the heat out here in the West Coast City of Bakersfield, California, 
uh, been hitting that triple digit weather. So, man, other than that, man, uh, got 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 back going with some school meetings, and so uh, we'll be ready to go with school next week. But man, I'm looking forward to this episode of this podcast to talk a little Rams football and see who's actually getting after it. So. I, well, you notice this, by the way. If you listen closely, I'm going to try and get some of the, the noise out of the background because, it, you know, folks, you get to bear with the sound quality here because these guys are both burning in a lake of fire, i.e. known as California right now. <laughs> and they've got AC on the background. So if, if you're hearing it go, shh, you know what it is. I'll try and take it out of there. Um, Steve, man, how's it going? Did we lose Steve? Could this be the second time in as many weeks in a live show Steve just disappeared? Or or Mike last time, Mike? Hello? Hello, my man Steve. I think he is on, on but maybe not on. <laughs> he may be on mute. <laughs> <laughs> it is always this is our this is the Ramstock Radio Gremlin here. How we how do you, how does this keep happening? Dang, let's look, let's look at the inside joke of all inside jokes. Is that what it is? I don't know. It really is, right? Okay, it so really Steve will join us eventually. And in the meantime, they, I, I, no, we can't hear him again. He's looking at us laughing right now. So, Steve, we'll let Steve figure things out. Maybe he'll he'll appear like, you know, like, poof, like, a, like, a, like a ghost. Or a gala, I don't know. So let's let's let Steve work on that. Mike, a couple things right now with the Rams going on for training camp. A couple things. I think what we're starting to hear is is, is pretty upbeat, which I think is expected. You're going to be upbeat, I think, when you're finally in camp. You've been waiting to get in camp all year. Uh, the cross NFL, though, there's a different view about the Rams, I think. If you're reading some of the NFL.com, Looks at like they look, I was an article the other day that looked at their their triple their triple threats their best receiver their best running back and their best in the quarterback and the Rams were ranked twenty fourth twenty fourth with their, of their triple threat in terms of the thirty two teams um, other rankings have their offense and their defense both outside the top twenty and this is a Rams team that went to a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago now I mean just. A year and a half ago, we're talking about. Hey, there he is. You're here. I'm testing now. We can. So I'm back. He's back, and we'll we'll get with you once. I'm just going to break this down. And I'm wondering. I guess the question for both of you is going to be: Is the league taking the Rams a little for granted here? Are they are they being slept on a little bit? I think there's. A case for it in some ways, and I think you could understand in some ways why they would be ranked so low. So that's that's my question to get us going today. And I guess before we even get knee deep in that question, Steve, what on earth happened, man? You are just making us look like fools on a live show. Come on, man. Come, come on. I know it's it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I must have hit a uh, uh, a button that it it. Anyways, bottom line is I figured it out. No one's going to accuse me of uh, being Bill Gates, but uh, I've actually figured it out now, and, and we're, we're good to go. So I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to contribute. I'm ready to make up for my error. Well, all righty then. <laughs> make up for your error. <laughs> all right, so going back to you, Mike. Mike, um, what are your thoughts here in terms of how, would, how 
how would you view the Rams at this stage? If you are a NFL GM and you're looking at this team and how it's been built and looking at their, their skill players, their, their interior linemen, their linebackers, do you believe that the Rams are being taken for granted? Are they being slept on a little bit here? Well, I, I think it's a combination of things. You have, truthfully, a number of changes. We have a lot of uh, newbies, if you will, on the team that are going to need to step up or first or second year guys uh, that need to step up. But they're sleeping on that they're thinking, oh, it's going to be the same team from last year. Uh, I think we have to anticipate all those guys start with our QB being better, more mature, and going into this year and those things kicking in as opposed to falling back. So I'm looking for this team. You know, again, you have uh, – I'm drawing a blank. Uh, my receiver just uh, come back from knee injury. Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. yeah. So he's another year uh, into – being away from the knee surgery. So now he'll probably be really back like his old self at the beginning of the year, as opposed to last year, you could tell he just, he was out there, but he wasn't quite there. This year, I anticipate him being a normal guy. You know, Robert Woods has something to prove. You know, all the running backs have something to prove. And if they can all take that something to prove, turn it into something, it's going to be a great year. You know, I like a little bit of laying in the woods, if you will. Uh, but if you're looking at just the mere number of being 24 out of 32, yeah, I don't think we're there. We're probably more in the teens, if anything. So we'll see. That's what I love about this new year, the, the new beginning. We get to see how it's going to end up when it really gets time to, to get real. Steve, how do you view this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Mike on this on this thing too because, and and I, when you are the uh, team that just came off a Super Bowl, an appearance in the Super Bowl, and you are the NFC champion, you got the target on your back, and everybody's gunning for you, and I think obviously they you know they took a step back last year. The, the offense wasn't nearly as good nor as consistent. Uh, I mean, they showed flashes, but they weren't obviously nearly as consistent as they were last year. So, um, and and the defense, to Mike, Mike's point, you know, we lost Corey Littleton, we lost uh, Fowler, you know, we lost uh, Eric Weddle, which probably he was on his the back end of his career, anyways. But uh, you know, so we lost some guys on defense, and we have a new defensive coordinator. And so the national narrative is going to be, well, they got all these guys to replace. Who are they going to replace them with? And, um, you know, and then, of course, you lose Todd, Todd Gurley. But I think the running back situation is going to be a lot better than it was last year. I, I really do. I, I, I think the, the Gurley situation, the way it was kind of in flux the whole year, the way it kind of made McVeigh kind of change game plans almost – during the game or, you know, and not having a lot of cohesiveness with the offensive line because of the injuries. And, you know, I think this year that the offensive line being, being as deep as it is based on how many games those guys played last year, a lot of young guys got reps. Um, I love the new running back. Um, I think the running back by committee approach is going to be really, really good for them. 
So I, I like this team this year. And, and, you know, flying under the radar is, in my mind, never a bad thing. And um, I, I think that that's an important thing as, as well. So um, I, I think Sean McVay and his coaching staff uh, last year, especially with McVay, because he tells you how competitive he is, uh, I think Blast just uh, left a really bad taste in his mouth, and I just think he's uh, he's ready to get the boys back and, and get that offense humming again like they, they were in uh, 2018. I want to point a couple things out here, too, and just kind of a, a source of a bit of a reminder, and that is this whole team has had a major turnover here. We're talking everything from Todd Gurley to the linebacking core to the coaching staff being shaken up. And especially with the linebacking core, Dante Fowler Jr. is gone. You, you lost, they lost a large portion of the pass rush. I mean, let's, let's also be honest about that. They lost Ashawn Robinson already with injury. So, and I mean, by the way, we don't even know when he's going to be back. I don't... If I'm on the outside looking in, I actually am thinking this team has a lot to prove. They brought, they have one. They their roster's gotten a lot younger. They the coaching staff is basically gone from a, a coaching staff the last two years, which has been veteran laden. Laden. I mean, Bones Fossil gone. Phillips gone. I mean to one of the youngest and, and one of the more inexperienced coaching staffs in the league in terms of just age and NFL experience. I can yeah, they're see... The se- they're the second youngest. They're the second yeah. youngest NFL coaching staff. And I, I can see why folks on the outside looking in would be concerned. I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. But let's flip it around. Anybody here notice that Wade Phillips did not get hired again at the end of the season? He was That's, let go fairly early, but he's not, he's not coaching right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Anybody yeah, notice I, some of the word coming out on Todd Gurley about his knee? I mean, there hasn't been good words coming out of Atlanta on, on Todd Gurley's knee. The Rams man made yeah, some good calls we, here. We talked a little bit about that knee last year, just the fact that, uh, you know, the way it looked like they were kind of – managing reps if you will but it goes to show you know when you have a guy that we look and go why isn't that guy in the game and I, you know we always talk about it that's the advantage or disadvantage we don't have because obviously the trainers and the coaches and all those guys they know what's going on every day at practice so not surprising to me to hear that that's the case yeah, I, I, I like I, I like the um, I like I think the offense is going to be a lot better this year. I, I really do, and I, I think that's that's kind of where they stumbled the most, uh, especially the first half of the season, uh, where they just they just didn't have they had no run game to speak of, zero. I mean, Gurley was you know he'd get sixty yards in a game, I and mean, they had, they had no run game, and, and thus. You know they're a very heavy play action team. Uh, it really hurt Jared Goff. I mean, it, it hurt their whole offense. And you know the fact that their defense 
pretty much had to had to carry them for a few games, and then of course they got blown out by Tampa Bay, which was which was not 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 good for the defense, and 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 Baltimore put a hurt mm. on the defense as well. But but you know it, it's they, they and things just went wrong. And, and after all that being said, they were still nine and seven. They still they would have qualified for a playoff position if the CBA was from last year, where you got the extra you have now the extra wild card team. They would have qualified. They were a Zerline field goal away from beating Seattle in Seattle, which. If you flip those two games, if you flip that game around, now they are in the playoffs. So they, it's not like they they were they were five and eleven last year, you know. I mean, they were nine and seven and on the cusp of making the playoffs, and you know, so it's it's not like the the, the team totally reverted back. So I think when you're talking about power rankings, which I, I think are the biggest bunch of crap, but anyways, we can still talk about power rankings and. You know, to be in the twenties, I mean, I think that's a little ridiculous. But uh, you, you know, you also want to look in, inside the division too, right? Because those those are where your your two games are played with each team. And look, I mean, look at the division. I think Seattle finishes last in that division. I don't think Seattle's that good, to be honest. Oh, and I know that is a hot yeah. take. No, this is a hot take. Oh, you're gonna hear it from me right whoa. now. Blast Seattle, blast Seattle, Seattle finished seven and nine and finished dead last in the NFC West. Okay, you're hearing that from me right now, and because I just don't. You look at their roster. I mean, I don't think they're that good. Yeah, I know they got Jamal and Russell Wilson, best quarterbacks in the NFL. But if you look at that Is roster, burning up yet? I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a hot. Take. I know it's an unpopular hot take, but I'm just telling you, Seattle's going to finish last in that division. So, um, you know, Arizona's going to be improved. And, and I think the 49ers aren't going to be any better than they were last year. I, I think they're, you know, and, and again, we were a couple games away from, you know, a couple plays away from beating them in San Francisco at the end of the year as well. So I, I don't think this team is as far away as people or especially the national narrative uh, thinks they are. Steve, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Never done it. I've never done it. I've never I mean, done it. my gosh. I promise you. I promise you. I've had chicken wings in Atlanta, but I have, <laughs> but I have never done Coke. So there you go. All right. So <laughs> hold on a minute here. Okay. That is, I mean, listen, I am not, I'm not a huge fan of what the Seahawks have done in the last couple of years through the draft and so on, but they made it work. It made it work. And so I'm, I'm really hesitant to just kind of push them aside and say, yeah, finishing last. I'm more inclined to think with the Rams, though, they have a third place schedule. They have one, you know, still the, the NFC West kind of has a, a difficult run of it because they're in the NFC West. But after, if they can somehow survive that first three games, even just going one and two, then I think the Rams are going to be just fine. And I'm, man, I hear you say that though. I'm still kinking out of my head the idea this team has the second, now has the second youngest coaching staff in the league. They have a lot of question marks at linebacker. I mean, the running back position, I'm pretty high on it. I think they're, I think I agree with you there, but until it actually happens, you know, it's still a guess. 
an, an attempted Edge McKay guess. And by the way, we, we were just talking about the Lakers beforehand. And since we're live, we'll say Portland's just beating the tar out of the Lakers right now in the first quarter. Yeah. 33-17. Oh, my it's God. Still, it's still early. It's still early. Just, well, just you know, everybody, everybody knew every, that. The, yeah, it's still geez. early. It's still early. Lakers in six, by the way. Um you know, I think the key to this whole this whole team season is is the health of that offensive line. I think as the offensive line goes, this team's going to go. I, I think the defense will figure it out, uh, and they'll be a, a middle of the pack defense, and that's all they need to be. That's all they need to be is a middle of the pack defense because I think this offense is going to be is going to be uh, really good, really good this year. I mean, you have Goff, McVeigh. In the in the system that he's been in now, this is the going to be going into the fourth year with McVeigh. Um, I, I I think I think this this offense is going to be is going to be really dynamic and and with the with Hup and Woods who are probably two of the most you know except for maybe the guys in Tampa um, you, you know they're one of the top receiving duos uh, in, in the league. Uh, I think you have you know Josh Reynolds who's played. Very, very well in big, big games for the for, for the team, and and of course the the rave of training camp, uh, the rage of training camp right now is Van Jefferson. Uh, Everybody can't say enough good things about him. So uh, again, I think it's going to come back to the offensive line, you know, giving giving golf protection and, and and creating those running lanes for for Acres and Henderson and Malcolm Brown. But I, I think I, I think the fact that they do have depth on the offensive line, I think it's going to be really good. And, uh, you know, all those guys are with them last year. It's not like they've got three guys that need to learn how to play, you know, two other guys. They, all, all, the, the five offensive linemen that are going to go in as starters have all, have all played with each other. So, um, you know, I, I think that's going to be the key for this year. Big Steve, uh, I think I'm going to jump in here and agree with uh, our main man, D.C., uh, I, I think you might have got the, the lack of airtime early on with the mic situation. <laughs> it has something going on because I've never heard of a middle of the road defense winning a championship. I knew, I knew, I knew you would. I, I knew you would take offense to that. But but what's, what, what's wrong? We're what's looking wrong at reality. But what's wrong with finishing fifteenth in the NFL in defense? I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah, no, you're no? not gonna you're not gonna win a championship that way because that means your offense literally is probably gonna have to be putting up thirty five to forty two points. Oh, a game. oh no, no, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you guys are making me go go into research mode now because I can. No. Yeah, get in research hey, mode. I'm you, telling you. you Telling you, you you finish fifteen, sixteen uh, in the NFL. You're you're giving up. What are you giving up? You're giving up what twenty two, twenty three points, twenty four points a game, maybe. I mean, this team is capable of scoring more than that per game. So, uh, yeah, you know, no. I'm not saying they're going sixteen and zero. I mean, well, but, it goes back to first part a point earlier in regards to just the changes. Yeah, we can say, well, we got McVeigh, so technically we don't really have a new OC, even though they're calling that. Okay, true. But if Coach McVeigh is actually trying to be more of a head coach and you're actually letting your your guys call the offense and the defense and you're more of overseer, pointing out some things here and there, 
then that's a whole different story. But you just can't be that. I just don't believe you can be that middle of the road defensively and and win a championship. You, yeah. you may be able to get through and win the league, but you're talking about again. This is the NFL. Who's putting right. up twenty eight plus points every week? Well, I, I think they're capable of doing it, um, but I mean, here's the other thing. I think initially they'll probably struggle on defense because they do have the new DC and they do have new parts to the defense, right? So I think it, you know, initially, like like Derek said, you know, the beginning of the season might might be a little rough for them, especially when you you're playing an offense like Dallas, uh, you know, you're playing Philadelphia, but um, I, I think that their offense can keep them in those early games. One, and then once the defense does figure it out at the last half of the season, and by the time the playoffs start, I, I think they're going to be humming. So, Well, the thing is, you said capable. I'm capable to go to camp right now and, and get some reps in, but that doesn't mean I need to be in camp. So we don't need to be capable. Capable of, yeah, you in the NFL, every team is capable of putting up 28, 35 points in a game, that's the type of league you're playing in. But yeah. we're talking about when you're going in week in and week out, you're going to have a game that you put up 32, you're going to have a game where you only put up 17 or 10 or 12, right. 13. Uh, but to consistently say, hey, we're going to go out and put up 25 for us, for you to beat us, you're going to have to put up 35. Yeah, you, you, you're not saying that in the NFL week in and week out. Yeah, and I just so, want to point out the last team outside the top ten in points allowed to win a Super Bowl was Baltimore in 2013. So Seattle, and that, the that, Patriots three times, the Eagles, yeah. the, the Broncos, the Chiefs, all of them were within the top ten, mostly top seven and above in yeah. points allowed. So yeah, that's kind of surprising too because those Ravens. Defense, that Ravens defense was was pretty good. Well, in the last team outside the top twenty to win a Super Bowl was the Giants in twenty eleven. They were twenty fifth in the league in points allowed. That was that yeah. crazy run well, they, they had. Well, the other thing is too. It, it also depends, you know, when you get hot, and and you know, getting hot is not only just reserved for for the offense, but getting hot, you know, defensively. And and I think my point is. Is initially they're they're probably not going to be as good until they start you know getting some consistency and 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 familiar familiarize themselves with with Staley's defense and also getting new players up. I mean, Micah Kaiser, who's going to be in the middle of the defense, has never played a regular season down in terms of defense before. I don't believe. Uh, you know, maybe he played some mop up stuff in his rookie year. But I mean, you you got a guy who's never really played in a real game, uh, so you know they're gonna. It's gonna take time for those younger guys, uh, you know, to, to to get up to speed. But um, you know, I think I, I I think once they do, they they have guys in there to replace the Littletons and the Fowlers of the world that that will step up and by the second half of the year are going to play really really good football. You know, speaking of guys like Oboe and and Terrell Lewis, and um, you know, I think those, those guys, 
those guys are 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 good players. They're just going to need to have some consistency, and and I think it's going to take a while. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I think Derek noted a little bit earlier. You look at the first five games. We're four on the road at Philly, at Buffalo, at Washington, at Frisco. Those booking games, Philly and Frisco. Hey. Do I want us to win? Yes. Are we going to probably win those? Probably not. Philly, especially coming out the gate, all the changes, they don't have as much turnover and turmoil. You're going to Philly, you're probably going to dub there. Got to turn right around, go to Buffalo, or maybe you stay out on the East Coast. But again, we're in this COVID world, so that means you just locked up in a hotel each and every day. So, that may be different. Uh, obviously, we play the Giants here at home. They have some changes. We should get that one. But back on the road with Washington, again, new coaches. But you have a guy who's been able to do well as a head coach and, and Big Ron uh, Rivera. Coach Rivera has, has been dynamic in being able to get guys to play for him. So and then, you know, obviously going up to Frisco, that that's going to be a dogfight just in itself. So we look at just the schedule. I don't know how we got four games on the road out of five. That's crazy, but that's what it, it is. What it is. Well, the good news about that is the second half of the season you're playing a lot of home games, and and you know I know I know they all count the same, but uh, you know it's. It's better to be hot at the end of the, in, in December and or November, October, November, December than it is to be in, in in the beginning of the year. But anyways, we'll we'll see. I I I think uh, the defense is going to struggle a bit, but I think our offense is going to be really, really, really good. So, and I don't. I want to. I want to. I, I know Debbie Downer, Here negative Here negative Nancy. I don't know about that as much as I'm skeptical. And the reason I'm skeptical is because I remember going the last season and I'm feeling, and Mike, you remember this. Yeah, I know you remember this. We talked about it. I was un- yeah, yeah. very uncomfortable with the idea that, that our starters weren't seeing action in preseason at all. I was yes, uncomfortable with the, the, the feel. And to me, it was almost arrogance coming from this coaching staff. Yes. That yes. you can just not put these guys in the field and think they're going to be fine. And then that very same coaching staff is overhauled with a bunch of young guys and no real veteran thinkers on the coaching staff. And then they're expected to come in here and turn things around. Knowledge matters. And even though I have serious concerns about Wade Phillips and what he was bringing to the table at the end of last year. I mean, there's a reason why this team gave up 55 and 40-plus against Baltimore and, and Tampa. I get that. But on the same token, knowledge matters, experience matters, and they just went from having a, a team of, of, of veteran coaches who know the game to a bunch of young bucks who may, may be a, a team full of genius coaches for all I know, and then bring trying to work them in with an offense that, let's just be honest, teams figure it out real quick without the offensive line struggling. Well, I mean... No, no, they, no Steve, they did, man. 
they have that thing figured out. I, this, here's where here's where I'll agree. I'll, I'll make two points. Here's where I agree with you on on not playing starters. Uh, I don't think all those guys needed to play last year in the preseason. There's two guys though that needed to play in the preseason last year that did not play, and that was Brian Allen and Joe Noteboom. Neither one of them had ever played. Uh, I mean, Allen got some snaps in his rookie year, but and Noteboom had snaps at left tackle, but he had never played guard, not even in college. So you had two guys who did, didn't have any ex- real experience with NFL speed, who never played a snap in the preseason, who were really overmatched at the beginning of the year. And that caused a lot of problems with the offensive line, to be honest. So I, I, I'd agree with you that. The other guys, I don't know if they need – look, they didn't play in 2018. They ended up going to the Super Bowl. So Steve, did they, well, it's a whole new unit last year. That's Those are five guys that needed snaps it, together, it was, not it separately, two, together. Well, it was – it was two guys that definitely needed snaps. I, I've been seeing this. I, I even said it last year when they didn't get the snaps in preseason. So I, I would I would agree with you that from that standpoint. But but the coaching staff, if you think about it, Brandon Staley is the new DC, and of course he's never been a DC. He was outside linebackers coach. But Bonamago, their special teams coach, has been in the NFL for 17 years. I mean the, the guy. Now look, I am I am Bones's. John Fossil's number one fan. I, I, I was really upset when they let him go. But, you know, they didn't bring in a, a young rookie special teams coach. I mean, the guys got and, – and the Lions, who, who he was their special teams coach last year, were actually a very good special teams in terms of, you know, pro football focus rankings. They were, they were very good special teams last year. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it's, if you're talking about youth and all that, yes, they have a brand-new running backs coach who was, doesn't have NFL experience, but it's really only him. Uh, Thomas Brown is a running backs coach, and uh, Staley, who are your really young coaches. The other young coaches they have on their staff have been with McVay pretty much his whole time, with the exception of Kevin O'Connell, who Kevin O'Connell's got a really good pedigree, but, you know, let's and let's be honest, McVay's calling the plays. He's the real OC, right? Uh, and O'Connell's more of a quarterback whisperer guru for, for Jared. So, um, but, so I, I, I think, I, I don't think the coaching staffs, you know, uh, other, other than the, obviously the question mark is on defense is it, going to be much of a problem in other, in other parts of the team. So all that, all that sounds good, Steve, in theory, but reality is I'm going to speak special, specifically with, about special teams having did that my whole career. Uh, along with the other stuff, there's a certain cohesiveness that happens with special teams. There's a certain uh, going through it. So when you get a new guy, you, you're going to get new schemes. When you, We had a guy named Artie Gigantino. Came oh, yeah. From SC, yeah. Uh, and so Artie used to have all these acronyms, you know, STAB. And that's how I got a little nickname, STAB, Stuart Ball. You know, and dab, you know, it was another guy at ball. And so we'd run these different things on kickoffs and, you know, but it took us a while to kind of get into the mode of the style and things that he did. And then, you know, a couple years later, we get another guy in who does it a different way. Uh, And he had come from Green Bay and he was a little older school and, and things like that. So the thing is, special teams just doesn't happen overnight. The good guys who do it is because they're able to be there and they have consistency and guys know the scheme. But again, 
I don't think we can emphasize enough that this hasn't been a typical off season. There's no little mini camps that guys are able to do, and it's only so much you can do from uh, watching it on TV and looking at your playbook. It actually takes you to get out there and do it, and this is all we have. And with no preseason, good luck. Yeah, well, they are going to have some inter squad games, but uh, obviously, it's not gonna, it's not the same. It's not the same intensity. And and you're right. I mean, from a special team standpoint, in terms of coverage units and and all that, it it's hard to replicate that in any type of scrimmage. Uh, and and to be honest, they're if we're talking special teams, you know, Greg, Greg the leg is somebody that we all, you know, have been spoiled with for the last six seven years. And you know, I think that's that's going to be a, a that's going to be a point of concern. That is a point of concern. They got we have three guys right now who we don't know uh, if any of them can can actually deliver in the clutch in Seattle with you know three seconds left in the game and and down by two, right? So, um, you know, but I, I think and, and the other thing with special teams, it's always they you have a lot of turnover anyways because usually the special teams guys are are usually the you know, the last third of the roster, the active game day roster. So those, a lot of those guys are younger players anyways, and, and they're, they're newer guys, but, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, it's a third of the, of the, of the team. So special teams are going to be a big, big part of what, what happens. Uh, and, and we've been spoiled because our special teams have been really, really good. I mean, blocking punts and, and uh, you know Greg the leg and and all that, so we'll we'll see. The special teams are going to be a, a a question mark as well. But I mean, in fairness, here you mentioned Bonnargo, and you know he did he was solid with Detroit, and he has a decent track record. But when you compare him to Bones, it's hard to do. Flip mm-hmm. side around that, coaches get stale. Some yeah. of the best coaches in the world have gotten stale in, in places and they needed to go somewhere else to be successful. And maybe Bones got stale with, with the Rams. Maybe Phillips got stale with the Rams. Especially Bones. And maybe in that case, it, a need was there for change. I'm questioning, though, like Staley and O'Connell. And a lot of these guys in the last couple of years have been brought on with, with little experience. Does... Does McVeigh see something in them that is just along his line, like of what he wants, like you know, his vision of a staff? And if so, we know it's schematic. He's talked about this. It's, it's about the schematics. What about anything else that goes with it? The intangibles that comes with, with a coach, the, the years, the knowledge, the experience of of being there. He went from having a serious, let's just say, cushion behind him in terms of experience with all those guys to now at age 34 having much less in terms of a knowledge bank, a knowledge base to rely on when things go to crap. Okay, And this brings me back to the idea of arrogance. Is it arrogance or is it genius? Is it, in, in that case... Was last year in camp some of the things we saw? Were they an aberration? Were they the mistakes of a young coach, or are we seeing the arrogance of a mad scientist? Now, 
I don't really view Sean McVay as that kind of guy, but I'm not going to dismiss it either because we went into last season, a lot of us had some blind faith that the decisions that this team were making were the right ones, even though that gut feeling was, I don't like this. I don't like you sitting all the stars. This doesn't feel right to me. There, uh, the gut feeling was the offense will figure it out, and the offense sometimes figured it out. I look at this roster and go, yes, there's talent there. Yes, there's problems there. And do they have the ability to fix that? So when I'm seeing, wrapping this back around, when I'm seeing these teams asking the question, or these these writer experts saying, hey, um, you know, if I'm going to rank these guys, I'm not going to rank. Their, their triple threat there is I'm gonna, they're going to be 24. That's how I see them right now, and this is why. When I look at their units, their, you know, offense and defense, both post 20th in the, in, the, uh, in the league. I can see why it's uncomfortable. I think they're wrong. I think this team is a, a 9-7, and seven, maybe even 10-16 and 16 if they can get past the first couple weeks. But... I can understand why some teams and some experts would view the Rams this way because they did a whole lot of shaking up for this season. And by the way, I just want to note, if you think, if anybody out there thinks the Rams are trying to win a Super Bowl this year, you're smoking crack cocaine. This is about 2021. Sorry, that's no, the I disagree. I totally really? disagree. Really? Then why are you, why are you no, clearing no, you clear stack? I, you I are you percent disagree. Really? Must be smoking crack. Yeah. You I listen. Hundred percent disagree. Okay, hold on. Hundred. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear this. Oh. Then I'm gonna chime in. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna make this point real quick. Is Mike and I? We, we we you Mike and I dug deep on this man. If this is about if this is about this year, not 2021, then why'd you take the cap hits for this year? You but you got a ton of no. You didn't have to. You could have rolled the dice yeah. for those guys you had. Okay, you just made the point earlier about Todd Gurley and and the reports coming out of Atlanta that are not great. And I made the point about the fact that you know Todd Gurley last year I think was a hindrance to McVeigh in his play calling. So I think uh, cutting Todd Gurley was a, a, a addition by subtraction. So I think they're going to be better at the running back position than they were last year. And I and I think they believe they're going to be better at the running back position than they were last year. So it wasn't just taking the salary cap hit. It was to improve the football team. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I disagree with you 100%. Okay. All right. If you think this is about 2020 and not 2021, let's roll back the transactions here for this year. Okay. I'm gonna who say got let go about 2021 because as the master of the research will tell us in a minute the actual numbers, but let's look at the facts. Wade Phillips gone. Why? Hmm. Veteran guy. Oh, his dad Bump Phillips. Oh, Wade has been. Oh, that's like my granddad. Do I tell my granddad how to run the defense? Of course I can't. He has great favor with the defense. Uh, hey, uh, granddad, I need you to blitz a little more or blitz a little less. Hey, why don't we run a little of this? No, that's not happening. Then you got Bones. 
extremely, again, comes from pedigree himself, but extremely guy, is he going to tell Bones, hey, man, we need to do this on special team? Uh, probably not really. Yeah, we know you're the head coach, but, yeah, no. Oh, let's look at the running back position. Oh, you see running back pouting on the side, and the running back coach sitting right next to him agreeing with the pouting or maybe trying to talk him out of not pouting. Very widely seen, too many games. And, oh, running back coach is not here either, along with the player. Huh, looks to me like all these young guys, oh, it looks to me like Sean McVay is like, hey, man, enough of the wisdom in the room. Let me just get some guys a little younger than me that will enjoy that I actually brought them here and they're going to owe me a little bit more as opposed to me not being able to really step to another coach, even though I am the head coach. Yeah. So you know what? Let's clean a little house. Let's get these young guys in. And I go again. Everybody this year is getting a mulligan because of just the way things are. So that being said, Derek will surely let us know the actual numbers, but I'm saying with all the changes, you're going with all these young guys and you're bringing young guys into the team. Yeah, this is not about this year for sure. There we go. All right, here we go. Okay. Todd Gurley gone. All right. You saved $4 million on that. Brandon Cook's gone. You you ate a million dollars. All you get dead cap galore on that one. Okay, he's gone. How was your deep threat? We, we can't forget how much him being hurt last year affected this offense. They, get, they had no deep threat for much of the year. Why? Brandon Cooks was your deep threat. Now, we hope, yeah. we hope Fan Jefferson becomes that deep threat. We hope. Well, no, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds is now the deep threat. We hope it's Josh just, Reynolds becomes something, even though yeah. Josh Reynolds is entering, what, year number 5,000 with yeah. his team? And he... Yeah. We keep hearing Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. It hasn't happened. Dante Josh Fowler, is, D- Dante Josh Fowler, gone. Corey Littleton, gone. Okay, yeah, he's played good, but he's not a deep threat like a Brandon Cooks. Cooks can actually, as they say, take the top off the defense. That's that's, that's true. Yeah. There's not that so, many guys. There's not, not that the many guys. Guy. In, you're right. You're correct. But that there's not that many of those guys in the NFL. So not every team has. Uh, four, you know, four, three, eight guy in which Brandon Cooks was. So to Derek's point, why would you get rid of a guy who is one of the rare commodities in the league? And you went into the negative to do it. You buried yourself. Your dead cap number was was higher than the actual cap hit. So you paid the league. You paid into the salary cap pit one million extra dollars. For the get them off your hands. So, right. looking if, at if this you're down. Asking me about Brandon Cook specifically, I will tell you this. No, no, no. I'm not. This listen, I'm not talking just Brandon Cook. I'm, I'm looking at the entire pie here, man. The big pie, the the freaking the one you want. Just go on, okay? I'm talking. These guys are gone. All these guys are gone. Do that. Cooks, Gurley, Dante Fowler, Littleton. Your your Littleton. Your Pro Bowler there. The guy's a freaking beast. He's gone. Okay. Your kicker, who just a year ago was taking you, was kicking you into the Super Bowl. He's gone. Okay. So all these guys are gone. And there's the key factor. They all cost money. And they hurt you salary cap-wise this year. But 
if everything works out fine, i.e., the salary caps knocked down, not knocked down by 2021 for Corona, this team has a ton of cap space in 2021, and they're really set for 2022. That's why I'm saying this is not about 2020. This is about the future. You're just, I'm not saying you're not trying to compete in 2020. I'm saying you're laying the foundation right now for 2021 and beyond. I'm not saying you're not trying to win in 2020. I'm saying you had to take you had to take your medicine. This is what I've been saying now for months. The Rams at some point were going to have to take their medicine. And they made the call to take their medicine in 2020 and not 2021 because at that point you had to fix the bad contracts. They made the call for this year. Do you, do you do you guys think that this team uh, has a chance to make the playoffs this year? Mike, you want to go first in that? <laughs> Every team has a chance to make. No, the no, playoffs. no. That's I'm not true. saying. I, okay, okay. Do this, does the team? What, what percentage do they have? An 80 percent chance? A 60 percent chance? What, oh, what do you think the percentage is? I them making I the had them going nine and everything, seven. Everything, nine and seven. Yeah. Good, well, could because they have additional wild card, but go go ahead, Mike. Right, that would be my 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 thing. They're probably a nine and seven this year, just based on like I said, everything going, the COVID nineteen environment, the young coaches, new coaches. Even if they're not so young, they're still new. You still want to make tweaks to your own, but you haven't had the normal two two or three voluntary camps that you would go to, you know, though they're mandatory voluntary, you don't have any of that. All you have is these few weeks before they're going, no preseason games to really look at guys. There's only so much you can do in practice because you're still trying to play a season. So as much inner squad you're going to do, you're going to limit all that because you're trying not to get guys banged up if you're trying to actually have a real season. All that being said, yeah, nine and seven, giving all the changes, given the environment, I think would be an outstanding year. It wouldn't be something that they're probably going to be happy with, but reality has to somehow step into the room and like what's actually reality. So I, I just, just looking at things, yeah, are they trying to compete? Yeah, but you're asking a bunch of young guys to now basically be veterans without the normal offseason, without the normal, you know, let me get my games in and these preseason games with an extra inner squad scrimmage with team you practice with. You don't get any of that. All you're going to get is the game. So it's still going to be three or four games in before teams across the board really hit their stride. I don't care how much they say they've been working out on their own, Tom Brady and blah, 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 whatever. You still got to get games, real action, people running at you, hitting, you know, and that's one thing that may get left out. My jump from college to the NFL, just from the the speed of everything, hey, man, it's like night and day. So you still got to adjust to those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think 9-7 would be an outstanding year, uh, but I think that's even going to be tough. So I, I, I say – you said a percentage. I'm saying 67, 67%. <laughs> okay. I, 67, I'm gonna, 
67. All right, go ahead. Jump in, Derek. Go ahead. I mean, well, let's look at the schedule, okay? Home to start the year with Dallas. At Philadelphia, at Buffalo. That's your first three games. Okay, those are all playoff teams. Those are all very good football teams. They ran, The Rams could, be, could seriously be 0-3 after those first three games. And then after that, the schedule really lightens up a lot. I mean, that, that, that first three games is really the hard part. I mean, you're looking down the stretch. Seattle, Arizona end the season, but then the Jets and the Patriots. And I don't know what you're going to find. I don't know what the Patriots now. I mean, they'll probably be fine, but Tom Brady's not there. And Tom Brady mattered a lot there. You know, Tampa Bay in the middle of the year. Miami, Chicago, and who knows? Yeah, Chicago. It's not hard. It's Where not are you playing Tampa Bay and Miami. You're playing those. They're playing in Florida, and I actually you're think that favors in Florida. No, yeah. But hold on, I think that actually favors the Rams because, no, especially, no. Tampa especially Tampa Bay, comes, Tampa, Tampa Bay comes here. No, they don't, man. Dolphins. This is on the road. They're both on the road. I'm looking at it right road. now. Okay. Uh, okay. But the way I'm viewing it is, the Rams are the Rams are a SoCal team. They're used to the weather. The Rams are not going to play a cold weather game until maybe December twenty seventh. Right, but I'm saying the thing about Miami is you got the humidity. Now they're fortunate that they're getting those games in November. Uh-huh. It'll be a lot less. They'll be somewhat ideal. But what time is those starts? Uh, the start times right now for the Miami game is. I don't see a it's time for it. It's probably a 1 p.m. It'll probably Eastern, be a 1 p.m. game. Eastern but start, yeah. You know, in the but, Tampa okay, Bay game, so, it's a Monday night football game. So, so Derek, I didn't get a number from you. Nine and seven? Is that you're going to go with the same same number? Nine and seven? You, that, I think that's what you said before, right? Nine and seven. I, I'm I'm still with nine and seven, I, I, and I okay. think that can so change. Nine, hold nine, on, hold on. Let me finish what I'm trying to say, man. Come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that can change on a couple factors here. Let's just say COVID. Let's just say COVID. Knocks causes a delay in those three weeks. Okay, and in that case, if those three weeks get moved back to the end of the season, now you got all of a sudden you're going to have two winter games on the road. Okay, that, that's a huge hi- hypothetical. I'm just, no, but it's my job to think of these things. On the flip side of it, yeah, if they if they make the call to not play in front of fans that they play in September. Those daunting road games in Buffalo and Philadelphia, in my view, become a lot easier. Are not daunting. Yeah. They're not daunting at all. Okay, yeah. so now, now it's more about now it's more of a neutral field, mono mono kind of thing. So there are so many factors with this season that we would normally would not be talking about. And, and on the flip side, that with, with teams going to LA, you know, they're going to go to the SoFi. Let's just be honest. Teams have not been daunted about going to play a game in LA for a long time. I mean, let's just be well, honest about there's that. There's nothing to be daunted in any, any in any uh, uh, stadium this year because you know the if there's no fans, be twenty thousand fans. So yeah, you know, there's not there's not going to be the the normal. Um, It'll be like you're playing in front of pieces of crap that, that that you have. But you both said nine and seven. So if you both said nine and seven, and you think nine and seven, nine and seven would have made the playoffs last year. Uh, I, I personally, I'm, I'm going 11 and five, and I know you're both going to laugh at me, but that, that's fine. But I, nine and seven makes the playoffs last year, and nine, 
and I would agree, nine and seven is probably about a sixty, you know, fifty-five, sixty percent chance of making the playoffs. So if you make the dance, and you're in the dance, I don't, I really don't understand. It's, it's not like they are, and and pick pick who you think is going to be the worst team in NFL this year. Uh, I don't know the Jets. Let's pick a pick a team. I mean, this is they're not the they're not the Jets. They're not the, you know. Um, uh, pick another team. I'm off the top of my head. A, a team that that's going to be bad. I mean, this is a team that is legitimately has a playoff opportunity in front of them. Yes, they play in a very difficult division, but you know, there's probably going to be three teams that come out of the NFC West that that make the playoffs. So you know, I I think to say that they are, you know, giving giving up on the season or planning for 2021. Yeah, I don't I, I don't didn't think say that's that though. Sean McVay's I don't think that's Sean McVay's mindset at but all. But but that's not that, of course it's not his mindset, but he's not the one who's actually running the team overall in terms of the front office. That's I don't Les think Snee's it's Les Snead. I don't think no, you I don't, don't think, think Les Snead's running the team as GM? No, of course he is, but I'm saying he I don't is. think I, I Les, think him and Les course. have a, a, a great uh working relationship I mean, I think you can look at the draft and it's like, yeah, those are probably some guys McVay would want. Oh, those some guys. Okay, yeah. But they look like they're working pretty good together. But I go back to your point, Derek, of having to take our medicine. It was going to be sooner, and they, I think they did it sooner than later, and especially now, again, the COVID-19. I just believe everyone's going to get a mulligan just because. But when you look at the bye week, man, we literally – we could be two and six. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's Debbie Downer territory. No, no, I don't think okay. so. I mean, <laughs> let's just go down the list. Dallas. All right, go down. Steve, is that a win that- or a loss? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 going to say that's that's a win. I, they're going to be about a four. They're going to be a. I think they are a four point under three, three or four point underdog right now. So you, you Dallas, that. Dallas has to come here. Okay, so they have to make a road trip. It's okay. the first time they're going to make a road trip in the COVID, in the COVID era, right? So they're going to get on their airplane and they're going to go to a hotel and they're going to have to follow all the COVID protocols. So they're going to be a little bit out of sorts. So it's going to be the very first game. In which all teams are playing, so I think you give an advantage to the team who has a home game on opening on opening weekend. Okay, the one thing you may be missing out is Dallas is used to practicing in California in Oxnard, so they're used to being here. They're now going to be practicing in their home state with the humidity and heat. That's why I say advantage may be Dallas because they probably oh. will be in a little bit better shape. Now, well, we're in a, we're pretty much in a, in a air controlled. I know that, that you guys are going to love me in a minute. You're going to love me. They're going to lose. Derek says they're going to lose by double digits. Oh, I think Dallas comes in here and beats the tar out of them right now. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> you know, look, you, you look at the, what Dallas's roster is right now and also look at this. For the most part, let me stress this for the most part, the stability of it. They got Bones over there, don't forget, too. You don't think they're not going to be motivated True. for Bones? Okay. They're going to come into they a stadium. Have, listen, have, listen they, again, they, the yeah. same thing that we're talking about for Philadelphia and Buffalo being it's more like a neutral field. 
that counts for LA too. There's going to be no, barely anybody there. Maybe nobody there except for maybe, you know, family members. Okay? So right. let's think about this. The team that right now is more complete, that, that is more stable versus the team that basically is re-upped on a new coaching staff, a bunch of new players, and they had no preseason games. And you Dallas, don't think Dallas has a new head coach? Dallas has a new head coach. Okay, their but he offense. their their head coach is a veteran who has won a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, but they have a different and, offense. They're not running Jason Garrett's offense anymore. Okay, but again, yeah, but that may even be better because think about they have one of the top backs. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him, but they have one of the top backs, and they still have one of the best lines in the league. First game out, you're establishing the run game. So you got to say, can the defensive front of the Rams, first game out, stop the run game? I don't look, know. Look yeah. at the roster it's they have coming back, man. Game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Oh, I think it's going to be as well. Not the way you're thinking, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be honest about that. And I'm not saying that because I don't I – don't, I mean, I'm wishing this game was later in the year. Okay, yes. you're talking about a very young coaching staff with a lot of young players that you are trying to break into new starting roles going into a team that will probably win the NFC East – that's loaded in talent, especially offensively. Looking at, look at the Cowboys right now offensively, just look at what they have offensively. And try and tell me that the Rams are going to be good to go with that. Michael Gallup played amazing his first two years in the league. They what they the do? Wide receivers. They have, you know, Period. Other than Tampa, they have the best wide receivers, a running back combination in the NFL. There's and, no doubt about it. And, and you have that. a very, very good, very, very good. And a strong player. offensive line. Okay. And a very, yeah, but again, they're running a new system. And to a Mike's new point system. About not playing preseason games. Hey, but Steve. Yeah, but my thing is running a new system when you have a back who can run downhill. You just say, hey, man, give that guy the ball today. We'll get to the passing game next week. And I just Do we have that same ability? And I want to make this point, too, just to piggyback. I think we're really just poor. Poor Steve's just getting tag teamed here. I'm sorry. But you know who else is running a new system right now? The Rams are. They're not running the same way Phillips system they're running. It's similar, apparently, but it's not the same thing. And you're putting new guys in that system, young guys yeah. in that system. And you already have taken a hit in that defensive line, Sean Robinson going out. And, yeah. So and you got, have to establish who's going to be your pass rush, he's, by the way. He's a big, big X factor. He was that, in, the X factor, but is is Aaron Donald more, is, he, is his strength run pass or run, run, run stop? His strength is everything. I don't know that well, that, man, that man doesn't have a weakness. But I mean, if you he think about really it. have a weakness. But if you're one on three or four, that's different than you got Indominus Sue on the other guy. I mean, we were yeah. fortunate to get Brockers back, things like that. So, and we got no. a, again a young guy. But yeah. you have to anticipate early in the season with young guys more mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Against a team that's more veteran, that should be advantage to Dallas. Now again. I, I suited up in the in the blue and gold. Now I want us to win more than anyone, but also having been in those uniform and being on a team that was three and thirteen one year when we had we call veteran 
different guys, different things. You're like, what is going on? But again, we had changing defense. We had some young guys. Ty Light was a rookie. Joe Bredis was Vettis was a rookie. And so it just wasn't that type of year. So I'm just looking at it from just uh, as Derek said earlier, from you know a GM position. I would have to say you got a strong quarterback. Uh, that's suiting up in Dallas, but he's not going to have to be relied upon to throw because you got a guy, Ezekiel Elliott, and an O-line that can open holes where you can just, hey, man, we're just going to run it today. 31-28 Rams. Uh, and that's fine. I hope I – listen, dude, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong with this entire pre- – and I've been wrong a lot, dude. Okay, Sam I, Sloman it, kicks a field goal with three seconds left to win it. Listen, fine, fine, okay, you know, but if we're looking at how the game goes, if we're looking at how we've seen similar situations in the past, 95% of the time, the outcome that I'm talking about is what happens. When you're talking about experience and guys who are right now looking I mean, they didn't. The, the Cowboys didn't go out there and get Mike McCarthy and a lot of these players they got, and these coaches they got just to settle for the the norm. They're going. They're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Whereas the Rams, yeah, they're hoping they get there, but they 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 got a a much different setup right now. You got guys who are just trying to get a system established in in a different way. You're, you know, they're trying to get earn the respect of these players. They're, they're trying to figure out who's going to be in what role. On the Cowboys, these guys already know what their roles are, both on offense and defense. They know exactly what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it. We don't even know who the Rams starting linebacking core is going to be come week one, let alone who's going to be rushing the passer. We don't know how to replace Nation Robinson. We don't know how this offensive line is going to work together. We've well, heard Sebastian Joseph Day played the whole season last year, and I mean, you know what? He wasn't played. great last year either. Okay, this team couldn't stop the run for the life of them in critical situations. They were fine against the average teams. You get the good running teams against them: the Dallas's, the Buffaloes. Yeah, Dal- you know Dallas those are they're going to be prompt. Dallas, Dal- and Dallas. last year, Dallas and Baltimore. Oh my gosh! And they exposed the real problems in the Rams' run defense, and a lot of that had everything to do with the fact that they couldn't. Adjust. Will the Rams adjust this year? Will these guys be where they're supposed to be? To me, there's a million different things that that the Rams have to do right compared to what Dallas has to do right in that opening game. Don't forget, a good defense is an offense that's holding the ball as well. So it's a combination of things. So are we going to be able to have the, uh, as you would say, capability or ability? to actually sustain drives, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven play drives. Uh, are we going to be, you know, trying to get these going? And we're three and out for the first six or seven series, you know. Mm. So that plays a big role. So my thing is, you got to look at the facts. You got to look at the first four regular season games as what would be typically the first four preseason games. That's just there's no way to assimilate a high intensity pro season game when you haven't played in. You can I, only get so much assimilation in practice. I agree, and but so, but the Rams have not played their starters the 
in the Sean McVay era, or at least in the past two years, I should say, have not played their starters, and and they've gotten off to you know decent starts. I mean, last year wasn't. I mean, yeah, Steve, how'd that work out last year? Come on, man. Right. Well, they beat they beat and Carolina. They beat Carolina. Their offense was not great last year, but that had to do more with the offensive line. And, and Carolina sucked. Come on. Well, well what I'm saying is, is the thing you is have stability they, as well, though. You had stability in on on the coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? So, I think you have to factor in all the changes that it takes a little more time than a few weeks to gel. And I think that's all I'm trying to say is to gel as a good NFL team or any team in general, it takes time to get through the newness and, okay, this is how we're going to call it. Oh, it's the same thing, but we call it this as opposed to that. We're using colors instead of numbers this year. So it's a little bit of a learning curve, and it's guys adjusting. But you get a guy like Taylor Rapp, already, you know, knee is banged up. They're saying it's not that big a deal. But, again, is that because they're trying to come in and go high tempo? Or is it because it's a fluke and it's just like what happened to the O-line last year? You just start getting guys banged up. I don't know. I wanted to just kind of close on this, though. You know, Everything changes, though. Everything changes. If the Rams show up and they run the ball. If that offensive line comes in and actually meets the expectations of some of the experts out there, and they can and they can control the game, then things change. That, that prediction changes. I mean, a good offensive line will fix a lot of problems real quick. And then maybe what you're talking about is what happens, Steve. But it's all a bunch of things that we haven't seen yet from the Rams in about a year plus. And that's the concern for me. This isn't this is not the twenty eighteen Rams. This is the this this is not even the twenty nineteen Rams. This is a twenty twenty team that's been basically been retooled and remade to start building for another run down the line. And it's starting now. But with the exception of Gurley, their, their offense is not retooled. Their offense, the main players are there. The quarterback's there. The three three wide receivers are there. The offensive linemen who have been with this team, the Whitworths, the Havensteins, the Austin Blyce have been there for a few years. You know, so they're they're not. I mean, with the exception of the again, the running backs who are new, they're not. They haven't retooled, and they're still running the Sean McVay offense. Like they're not running wrinkles. the same offense. They are there's, not running the same a, offense, and you know they're not running Derek, the same offense. Derek, of course. There's always wrinkles. You always have to stay ahead of the curve. You always have to reinvent yourself every year. Defensive coordinators are very smart. They, they, it, you, you can't have the same tendencies. But that being said, it's still Sean McVay's offense, and it's still got a certain you know, cadence to it. It's got a certain um, uh, tempo to it. And that part is not going to change. And Jared Goff and McVay have been with each other this whole time. And a, a lot of those offensive linemen and their tight ends, by the way. We didn't mention Tyler Higby, who, you know, the last seven games of the six games of the season last year looked like he should go to the Hall of Fame. You know, so, I mean, these guys, Gerald Everett, these guys have been in McVay's offense. This is nothing new to them. So I think their offense, uh, granted, uh, you make a point about the offensive line and being able to run the ball in that first game. And yes, of course, that is critical. 
But there's no reason to think that that they shouldn't be able to because they do have some consistency there. Whereas Dallas, yes, they have great players. They have one of the best off O-lines. They have one of the best running backs. They have one of the best wide receiver core. They have a good quarterback. But they're running a new offense. And how long is that, given the COVID era, going to take them for them to gel? I think them a game or two. So we're fortunate to play them the first game of the year where we might be able to sneak up on them. A veteran team with guys who were established in their roles, to me, with veteran coaching staff, is going to have better odds of doing everything you're talking about in comparison with what the Rams have. You're talking about an offensive line. You're, You're pointing the offensive line and saying, well, the starting five, the starting five is still different than last year. That depth chart is going to be different. Blythe is back. He's Blythe is back. He's back at center now, right? They're putting him in center, right? Yes. Okay, fine. Great. The only difference is Austin Corbett. He's the only difference. Yeah, and he should be better. A lot of football last year. He did, but you know what? Those five guys did not play together all year. They didn't. Yes, that's that's true. But a so lot you're, of how are you going to say that that they're going to come out there and, and just think of week one? You're talking about a veteran defense, and your offensive line right now is could be great. But you know what? This is also an offensive line with all of these guys who failed at one very key thing, and that is they failed. They absolutely failed to get physical with teams when it counted last year. And you got to think, that Dallas team, that defensive line does get physical. We found that out last year. When they, when they well, decided they, they wanted They just lost Gerald McCoy. That's a big yeah, that is a big loss. But, you know, they didn't have him last year either. So. Well, I mean, that's all I'm saying is if this team comes out there and does what it did not do at all, all last year. And that is it. That offensive line did not get down dirty. They didn't create a real deal push. They didn't do that on a consistent basis. Yeah, they had two starters that had never played before. Okay, I mean, but you know what? You're still the NFL players. Position, by the way, in the center position is probably, the you know, other than le- arguably the left tackle, the center position is the most important because they're they're calling out the, the, the defense, right? And you had a Guy Brian Allen, who was very inexperienced. Oh, very and but but whose fault was that? I no, I agree with the fact he should have played preseason games. I agree okay, with that. so I, wrap I, all that back around, and this is what I'm saying. You have to understand at some level the pessimism here when the Rams, as an organization and as a coaching staff, made mistakes last year and how. They managed their players, and yet now you have an even younger and less experienced coaching staff trying to prepare those same players to go out there and beat an experienced Dallas team on opening day with nobody there watching. I stand by my prediction. And I hope you're right, but... (laughs) I I absolutely. So it's just... And, and as we go down, I mean, if you go down, again, if you look at Philly, again, you've gone to a veteran place. 
uh, I'm going to say that's probably advantage Philly. You got to turn right around and go back to Buffalo. I'm going to say advantage Buffalo. Again, I'm going to just say the travel. New York comes here. I'm going to say we should take care of that. They got a lot of new things going on. But then back on the road to Washington. Could we win on the road against Washington? Yeah, they got a lot of things going on as well. Uh, 50-50. But then you go to Frisco. That's going to be very tough to pull that off there. Then we come back. Chicago here. And then Miami on the road. So Miami, you go, okay, you got a second-year coach out My thing is you're going on the road again and going on the road should be advantage to the home team just because at least you get to be COVID-19 certified in your hometown as opposed to going on the road. And I don't know, what's what's the protocol for teams going on the road? Is it just... I'm not even sure they have it all completed yet, man. You know what I mean? It's just it, it, it would you would think that it'll, it'll be ridiculous, but Derek made a good point. Don't don't overlook that. We can't just underestimate what if a team has whatever it is four or five guys and they got to miss out. You know what I mean? I mean, do they cancel that week? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that goes back to the point point we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Is that the, the healthiest team is. <laughs> is is going to be there at the end probably so you know that but you know that's all speculation at this point it's all uh you know hypothetical but yeah obviously teams have to stay healthy i mean you you lose your starting quarterback for four weeks uh, that there goes your season for most teams anyways all right guys so see don't we need to give a shout out to our sponsors yeah Except right now, <laughs> for an hour. All right, folks. Um, actually, I want to take a special moment here. We, we are entering now 2017, 2020. We're, we're in our fourth season podcasting here. We're entering our eighth season overall covering Rams football. So I want to throw a special shout out to everybody who has sponsored us over the years, not just current sponsors. So, you know, Going back to the Gold Ram Barbershop over south. Thanks, man. Um, it, that, that was, you know, he's a good, good man who really kind of gave us some stability early on. Of course, Jim Hawk. And, you know, by the way, his his brother and their pool company as well sponsor us. And so thank you to all those guys as well. And so, you know, over the course of years, We've had several people who have been there and done that with us, and we really appreciate that. It's been an the world to us, and and I have to be honest too, folks. That uh, you know, we're for us here, Rams Talk. We're definitely entering a a year with new challenges because you know we, with me losing a job and and uh, with all the things going on, our future happens to be in doubt. So you know. Keep us in mind as we start, you know, covering this this year, and we thank you for all your support over the course of many, many years. And hopefully, there's more to come. So, all that said, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. Don't forget our guys writing articles over at RamsTalk.net. Uh, don't forget me on Twitter at DC Paul, Mike at One Duke Twenty Three, and of course Steve, who was the lone wolf this podcast at Rams Our Home. 
16 Seeds Quality Tweets. Uh, check us all out on social media there. want to thank you, as always, and until next time, because I think there's more to this discussion. Until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one. We're out. Drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.